Hi guys, before we start the show today, I'd all just like to say um, that my heart goes out to anybody that's been affected, either friends, family or themselves, with the invasion that's currently happening in the Ukraine. Um, it's affected us all mentally. Um, I think that you'd be pretty cold-hearted not to uh, be affected by the situation there or even be worried about the uh, ramifications that this will have for the wider world. Um, I just really hope that this hour, hour and a half, however long this podcast today will be, will put a smile on all your faces. Yeah, you, 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 just you. I hope it does put a smile on your face. And uh, yeah, let's crack on with the show. Cartridge blowers out there. This is N64 Life with myself, Cliff Foster, aka the amazing Cliff on the old Twitter, your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time, the Nintendo 64. Welcome to the show. Ah, I, I was doing so well with the delays, wasn't I? And then I had a double delay because something came up at work and I had to change things around. And then I pushed it back by a week and then realized, oh, it's half term. Well, I should really be doing stuff with my son rather than recording a podcast. I think that that's always has to be the priority with anything in this world, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, your family always have to come first. So, yeah, so I pushed it back again. Um, it also, like the work situations, also meant that I've um, uh, had to uh, didn't get to go to OPW um, this uh, the following weekend as well. So loads of things, but you always have to the family and work always have to come first. Obviously, friends, you you guys, some of you listening, you are consider friends. You know, you guys up there as well, I suppose. But hey ho, on to another battle for Jinjos. <laughs> And it's we'll go into that in a minute. We'll go into that in a minute. Now, just to give you a heads up warning, uh, I I did have a battle with Jinjos written up. Um, I had to write up last night while finishing off the notes for this one. I've written up another battle for Jinjos, but I'll be announcing that at the end of this podcast. So that'll be coming in two weeks' time, as well as we've got some uh, guests on the show coming up. Um, I will announce those in due course. And in fact, depending when two of these people might be able to record, we might well be pushing back the Battle for Jinjos that I'll be announcing at the end uh, until after their recordings. Because if you didn't know already, this week, well, in fact, yesterday, if it, it, this is this is being recorded on Wednesday, the 2nd of March. Um, yesterday was the 25th anniversary of the N64 being in Europe. And uh, a, f- a good friend of the show, you know who you are, 
Um, I had a great idea, actually, with a podcast, and I need to catch up with him and another person, and it would be really, really good to have them both on the show. Nice and early days. Into the year, we've already had possibly three guests. It's not bad going, is it? Hey, not quite bad going. Um, as well as the streams, um, I just want to say a big thank you to Jai D. I say thank you. He enjoys giving me pain. Um, and obviously Matty Boo Twitches as well uh, for organising the um, pain brie that we just had. Uh, if you are listening to this on the Friday, our last pain brie will be this Sunday coming up. Um, so come and join. But I think the nu- random number generator where we go in, basically a random number, then we go into the N64 anthology and we, we find a game to play. Um, that's been a really good idea. And that's, that's keeps going, you know. It's, it's brought up some random ones like, um, what's his name? Mar- is it Martin Prazo's Strike Zone? I want to say that was the name of the game. Uh, it was a baseball game and it was cack. Um, it was bad enough me learning the sport of baseball whilst playing the game. But at the same time, it was a crap game learning the ba- game of baseball. I think if it was a half-decent game... It would have been a lot more enjoyable. I, I think it would have. Um, if you aren't already following us on the old Twitch, go and do so. There's only 63 followers away from us playing Batman Forever or Batman Beyond, depending where you are in the world. Um, sorry, Batman F- of the Future, not Batman Forever um, or Batman Beyond. Uh, we're going to be playing that it's an inter- in its entirety when we hit 300 followers. So go and search N64 Life Podcast on the old Twitch. And if you get involved with that Twitch chat, you can claim yourself chat points. And with those chat points, you can claim yourself a shout out on this very podcast. So let's go through those people that have claimed a shout out this time around. So we've got Neil, Matty, Soph, hi Soph, hi Soph, hi Soph, I'm waving, wave back, hi Soph, hi Soph, better be waving at her, hi Soph, we got Phil, we got Sarah, hi Sarah, uh, we got Timson, we've got Pretzel, we've got M, I am, I am, we've done that bit, um, we've got Sean, we've got Misha, and we've got Sheep. Why have we got sheep? What? What? Who's claimed the sheep to get a shout out? Say, I know yesterday was St. David's Day, but that's taking the mickey. What did you have on your pancakes? Hey, <laughs> Tom. Um, sheep. Who claimed for fucking sheep? Anyway. Yeah, you can come and join in people that claim for shit. I don't get that. <laughs> Why have we got sheep there? Anyway. Yeah, you can come over. Claim yourself chat points. And we will be starting. This is this is an exclusive. Breaking news. Exclusive for you all on this stream is we usually on a Sunday start... Uh, we, we play a game from start to finish, and uh, we will be doing that as of not this Sunday. If you listen to this on day of release, not this Sunday, Sunday after, which is Sunday the 19th, I want to say. 
or 12 12 uh sunday the 12th of uh march we will be starting a new run through on a new game that game is this game Ogre Battle 64 Person of order, Orderly Sorry, Orderly Caliber Oh god, I thought I said that wrong Um, Yes, the, this is a game we'll be going to be playing If you don't know it already It's the third in the series of the Ogre Battle franchise uh, the, the previous two coming out for the SNES Now, this did have a penciled in European launch And was cancelled so this never came out in Europe for those European listeners. So this is a game that we could not get hold of. But there was a US launch, which means I don't have to wait for any bloody... <laughs> I don't have to wait for any translations like I still am with Custom Robo 2. Um, yeah, so uh, this is going to be cool. They, you know, loads of us, we were talking about RPGs and it is such a shame that this console hasn't got more of them what in in the western world um and this is one of the better or, or the best rpg uh, we, we will soon come to that conclusion won't we when we finished it but with this will be our new sunday run through game oh you lucky so-and-sos but why are you here today why are you here today i hear you cry you are here so we can have a little battle for jinjos and this isn't between any old two. Oh, find me words in a minute. This isn't between any old games. This is between two of the greatest football games of all time. So we will see this game. ISS ninety ninety. Eight international superstar soccer 1998 and it will be facing off against FIFA 98 road to the world cup I really struggled. That was the third time I've done that. Third time. And I still didn't say it right. But I'm giving up now. <laughs> We're just going to call it FIFA 98 from that one. W's and R's. What is wrong with me? I've turned into Jonathan from Ross. Anyway, here we go. Another battle for Jinjos. Let's do this. Here we go. Here we go. Ah, pumped, pumped. And if this is your first time, don't you panic. I'm here to read you the rules. I'm here with the rule book. Um, because Battle for Jinjos sees these two games fight it off to see who is the best. And they are fighting off for each of these individual character categories. Now, usually, I say usually because it does change for this one. It's storyline, then followed by uh, gameplay then graphics and sound, 
then what the critics thought. But most important of all is what you lot thought of these two games, where you can come over, join us on the old Twitter, N64Life Podcast, and just before each of these games, well, just usually just after this podcast goes live, you will see that there is another poll on there for the next battle for Jinjos. Oh, it's just all riveting stuff. But as I said, this one changes. This one, there's a slight difference because we're not starting off with storyline. We're going to do something different. Now, we've done it before where we've done characters, like choosable characters, playable characters. Yet again, this is a football game. <laughs> and either with their licensed names or with their unlicensed names, they're pretty much the same thing. So I thought, do we do teams? And as we'll go into, it's a bit unfair to do teams. So I was really thinking, what makes a football game stand out? So we won't be doing this on characters. We won't be doing it on storyline. We're going to be going by the face on the cover. Because football games matter of who's going to be on the cover of each of those games. So we're going to go through each of the countries and each of the differing people that were on the front cover. That's where the first Jinjo is going to lie, ladies and gents. But let's start off ISS 1998. Launched in Japan on the 4th of June 1998, April on the 1st of September 1998, and North America on the 15th of September 1998. Uh, it was known uh, by a different name in Japan. It was a completely different series. And in fact, it had full licensing by FIFA, which it didn't in the Western world because FIFA had its own game on EA. So the, the, it was called uh, in Japan Jiku, Jiku uh, World Soccer World Cup France 98. So it was the official game of France 98 in Japan. EA did not have that. And even though World, World to the World Cup is technically not the World Cup game, because we'll go into that later on. But yeah, it, it, it was still a much bigger franchise historically in the West. But we'll go on to FIFA in a second. So published and developed by Konami. Um, it was the prelude to a lot of people will know that football games have become very tribal. And I was really looking forward to doing this because it's very much that tribal tribalism with these two companies. Because FIFA have been battling off against a little company or a little franchise called Pro Evo for years and years and years. And International Superstar Soccer was the prelude to that Pro Evo range. Um, now, as I said... These football games are all about the cover stars. And the great thing is, is that each region tend to have different cover stars. So we're going to go through and actually talk about some of the people on here. Now, one of the... See, 90s football for me is huge. 90s football was where it's at. 90s football is where I still go back to revisit the Champions Leagues, the tournaments of the 90s, uh, if that's 
Diana Ross uh, singing uh, World Cup 94 to World Cup 90, sorry, Euro 96, which was, you know, the first um, tournament I really remember um, as an England fan, because obviously we weren't at the World Cup in 94. Um, so I, I think to myself back with a lot of nostalgia back to these times. So these names appearing uh, as, you know, as cover stars, some of them I was like, ooh. Some of them I was, ooh, memories. And this is definitely where we go down memory lane for the first cover star of ISS 1998. That's Fabrizio Ravanelli. Now, Ravanelli is very much remembered by myself for the 1996-1997 series a season at Middlesbrough. Now, he had been a star. Like, I, I know of Ravanelli because of the fact of being a massive Goal Lazio uh, fan um, TV show, which was on Channel 4. Um, I was a huge fan of, uh, you know, Italian football. And... He was he was a big Juventus player, you know. He's a good Juventus striker. He was he was never the best Juventus striker, but he was always a good Juventus striker. So, so uh, when Middlesbrough got promoted um, in 1996 to the Premier League, they signed him and also Emerson. Now, it it was it was a bit weird because Middlesbrough had such a unique season that season that. Even though they were relegated, they ended up in two cup finals. So they ended up in the League Cup final and the FA Cup final. So see that image in my head of Ravinelli still playing for Middlesbrough. It's it, you know it's one of those things that has always stuck with me. Now we're talking about World Cup '98. This is you know in my view my my favourite tournament of all time. Uh, World Cup 98, and this guy, you know, how England got to the final, if you didn't know already. Uh, England pretty much scrapped it out in Rome to get to the World Cup finals, and it looked at one point like we were going to miss out again. Paul Ince. Now, currently Reading boss, actually. He's interim Reading boss, so just up the road for me. Um, it's, for me... Paul Ince is one of those names of 90s football that stand out. One, he was he was England's first ever uh, black um, captain, but at the same time, he's, he's he, you know playing for Manchester United, played for United over 200 games. But me sort of remembering him around this time, sort of into Milan, then coming back to Liverpool, which is a big no-no, and Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. Why is this always concentrated about Middlesbrough? Benji, is this you? Why are we back in Middlesbrough? <sighs> Middlesbrough. I, I think Paul Lintz, for me, is one of those recognisable names. Now, they were the stars of the UK cover. So, the two of them were the stars of the UK cover. And it changed for Germany because they added a German goalkeeper called Andres Kopke... Now, I, d I don't recognise the name, and I hadn't looked through his stats. I just can't recognise who Andres Kopke is. Yeah, no idea who Andres Kopke is.
<laughs> anyway. Um, but it was in the autumn years of his career. Now, some of you might be screaming, oh, he's the goalkeeper from that, that, that. But I just can't remember him. I tried to have a look back and I was like, oh, it just doesn't ring any bells. Now, outside of the UK, this game, or outside of Europe, this guy on the cover was pff, iconic. Like, iconic to the international football at that time. You had that Colombian team. And one of them was Carlos Valderrama. You remember Carlos for having this mahusive blonde afro. Um, you know, he, he was so iconic and he was he was a bit he's a bit of a Colombian legend to be honest. You know, he won winning the South American uh, Footballer of the Year twice um, with quite uh, sorry three times. So 1987, 1993, and 1999, which is incredible. Seeing that he was coming into the latter years of his career in 1998, and I believe he retired uh, from international football. Um, after losing to England at this WWE tournament, so he was like literally he was he was um, he, this is the last tournament we will see him at. But that's a quite a career to be called South American Footballer of the Year between those years. And you know you're looking at players that he would have competed against, especially in '87. '87 was the height of Maradona. You know um, you had 1993, um, 1999. Um, I mean, like, you've got, like, I was playing these games. And if you didn't know already, my, my wife is South American. And I was Gabrielle Bat Bastuta and, it, like, Crespo. And, you know, we were going for these Argentine names, a Simeone. And it's it, there's so many big names. And he's, in his autumn years of his career, he's there winning South American Football of the Year. That's really cool. Um... So, they're the cover stars for ISS. Now, let's go on to FIFA and see how that differs. Because FIFA 98, World to the Road to the World Cup. God, I really struggle with that. Uh, was released in Europe on December 1st, 1997. Um, in North America on December 20th, 1997. And in Japan on April 24th, 1998. Published and developed by EA Sports. It's in the game. How many years, though? Um, it, it was the four... It's, to be honest, FIFA had very much gained a ground. Because if you're looking at prior FIFA, sensible soccer's of the world, and uh, goals, you know, there's so many games out there sort of trying to battle to be... The best football game, sensible soccer. Um, but FIFA then come along in 1994, and we get the first FIFA International uh, International Soccer. Um, then we have FIFA 95, FIFA 96, FIFA 97, and they're all on that 2D plane. And even though FIFA 98 did have a SNES release and a Mega Drive release, it was the last time that we would see a FIFA join the 16-bit era. Um, and to be honest, this isn't the first time that, f that EA tried to release a game for this console. Now, they released FIFA 64. 
Now, there's a good friend of mine, James Station 64 Go and give his YouTube video a watch about how that game <laughs> was uncontrollable and crap. Uh, it was pretty much a direct port of the 3DO version. And I think that, uh, I think it's fair to say it didn't come across well. So go and watch James said We will come on to it at some point, I'm sure. But until that time period, go and give James Station 64 a little bit of love. Um, and the thing was, was that they, they produced that and they rushed it out just as sole console exclusive. But this is the first yearly game that has come out for this console. And also, it was the first real big uh, uh, PlayStation 3D uh, uh, football game as well from FIFA. Saturn, you know, it was the, the this generation's first real big, right, this is what FIFA is in the 3D world. Um, But who did they get to cover, a star on the cover? Now, the first one was in France, and they had David Ginola. He is an 90s icon, like, beautiful man. <laughs> Talking about cover star, he's more of a magazine cover star. Um, but I remember him playing for Spurs, Newcastle prior. Uh, was the cover star of 1997 as well. Um, he, he's he was it was weird because even though he's on the front cover of this game and the World Cup that year was being held in France, he hadn't played for the French squad since 1995 because. Uh, Ami, uh, Ami uh, Jacquette, Jacquette. Uh, he was he was the um, the manager at the time, and obviously went towards the younger stars. So he brought in those younger stars to sort of replace a very aging French team. So it's weird because he's not old particularly at this time, but he's been kept out the side by young upstarts like Thierry Henry. <laughs> Never heard of him again, did we? Um, you know, he, he was very much kept out by these sort of... These younger players come through, like Zidadines and Dads and... Yeah. Uh, but it's a bit weird that he's on the front cover. And also, somebody else is the US front cover, which was a Roy Lasseter. Now, Roy, I hadn't really heard of Roy Lasseter ever. And I had to have a look into him again. And he, he was... It was weird because I was looking into him. He never really left the uh, US in his career. Um, this isn't a football podcast. So I'm not going to go into every bit of stat. But he played for the US team between 1992 and 2000. But even weirder, he was not included with the 1998 USA squad. So are we actually going to get anybody of any stature at all here? Uh, well, this is where it changes a bit. Germany, Andres Muller, Borussia Dortmund legend, uh, winner of the Champions League in 1997. Now, I'm saying this with a massive smile on my face. He was one of those players that really excited me as a kid. Like, I love an attacking midfielder. I love 
a Gaza. I love that sort of player that is able to play quite central and just really upset the apple cart. Lionel Messi's of the world. Uh, these, uh, there's so many players. And I'm not going to start listing players like it. But it's that player that can just cause a lot of problems. Um, I love those sort of players. You know, look at Southampton Football Club. One of my favourite players is a player called Gully Duprano. Now, Gully Duprano was not the most gifted of players, but he just seemed to upset the apple cart when he played for Southampton, playing just off a of Ricky Lambert behind. He just... I love that sort of attacking midfielder sort of not quite sitting at number uh, 10 position, but just a bit back from that. Um, I do love it. And Muller was one of those players. And in fact, he did score in World Cup 98 against the United States. <laughs> they absolutely got wallops. Um, now, let's talk about football. Because, as I said, 90s football was very much where I gained a huge love for international club football. Um, and I sort of gained a love for three teams. Um, I've been lucky enough to see one of them, and I really want to go see the other two at some point. One of those teams <clears throat> is Real Madrid. Real Madrid. I love Real Madrid. We're going to go into them in a second. But uh, the other one would be Ajax in the Netherlands, and the other one would be AC Milan. Now, you can't say AC Milan in the 90s without saying Paolo Maldini left back famous I mean like one club man a level one club man um, play or spending most of his years at AC Milan 647 appearances 126 for um, for uh, for Italy I mean the man is a legend Atta legends, not just of Italian football, but of world football as well. And we come to the last, well, second to last cover star. And that was on the Spanish cover. And that went to a young 21-year-old upstart. You know, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit risky giving it to a 21-year-old to be on the cover. That 21-year-old was Raul. <laughs> Now, Raul wasn't a one-club man. He did leave just at the end of his career. But 550 appearances for Real Madrid. 228 goals. Second all-time goal scorer only to Ronaldo. And then third behind him was De Stefano, which is... I'm a huge Real Madrid nut, but De Stefano, possibly one of the greatest players of all time. Um... I mean, he's he became a legend, but he was so young in his career. And he forged a way for what the generation that came up behind him being that golden Spanish generation. He was the person that sort of laid down that foundation. So that World Cup winning squad uh, 12 years later could be, you know, Spain were never, even though they were had two of the best teams in the world, 
always competed on the highest levels at club football. At international football, they never quite did it. But Raul was definitely a star that helped pave that way. And the UK cover, we just had this guy on there. I can't remember his name. What's his name? David Beckham? Who's David Beckham? Don't know who David Beckham is. Never heard of him. <laughs> I can hear the United fans shouting at me now. <laughs> uh, you know who David Beckham is. I don't need to tell you who David fucking Beckham is. <sighs> David Beckham, isn't he? Anyway, who wins in the way of caliber of cover star? Um... If you've got Maldini, Raul, <laughs> Moller, you, 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 even Beckham, um, I mean, you can't, you can't not give it to FIFA '98. Yeah. So the first winner of the battle for Jinjos for for Cover Star. I don't think that's going to happen again, uh, unless it's another sports game for Cover Star. Would be FIFA '98. <laughs> So, let's get into the nitty-gritty, because some of you out there might just be thinking, oh, these are two football games. What's he got to say about gameplay? Got everything to say about gameplay. So, 1-0 FIFA. Let's go in to gameplay. Now, as I said... These games are completely different in the way that they feel because we'll start with ISS. Now, ISS started its life sort of as Konami did. They, they, they created games for arcades and this is very much that feel of ISS. Now, the great thing is, is when you do have an arcade football game for this console... Now, one of the things we like to, uh, we like to slag off is sometimes the controller, yes? Now... That controller is built, built for anything that is built for the arcade because of that joystick. And it gives freedom of movement of the players. So, if you didn't know already, obviously, you control each individual player <laughs> at separate intervals. Now, when you are, and obviously, you want to get around the player that's in front of you and things like that. When you've got that joystick, being able to be so versatile... You know, compared to the old D-pads that you had, oh, it's a, it's a lovely thing. You know, th this, those, those controllers and football games is, is to be honest, really nice. I really like it. It made me happy. Um, but it, it very much because it, was, it has that arcade roots. It goes very much. Well, it's not. It's not away from a simulator. That, that that's wrong. It's not. That it's not a football simulation game. You know, we'll go into FIFA in a minute, but it's not that it's not that, but it, it just, it feels a bit more entertainment than it does serious football play. You know, it, it, they, they added some new bits as well into this game, uh, this version of the game that you were able to, you had your arrow and you'd be able to go up and down and actually control your free quick kicks and corners a bit better. You had um, better AI in the goalkeepers. And I think that this generation, you know, that very much learning that goalkeeper AI. And we'll go, we'll go into FIFA in a minute. But 
<laughs> with this game, it's it's hard as nails, and that AI completely is so. I mean, like, it doesn't matter what difficulty you're playing this on, you're playing against a good side every time you pick this up, and sometimes it, it, you're not winning like by five nils. You you really having to think of what you are doing, um, to you know get get the best out of your play because. You've got the sort of simple controls of it, but it's so fast that you can end up in the back of your net from a corner of yours pretty quickly. Now, you've got the different gameplays in there. You've got International uh, Cup. You've got so a, a round-robin tournament. You've got uh, World League. You've got penalty kicks. You've got training. Now, that, that's a theme that we're going to see running. But their main one, so each of these have a specific individual mode. Now, their main one is scenario mode. So that will throw you into a situation where you're taking control of one of the uh, 52 clubs available to you. And maybe that one of them's 2-0 down and you have to bring it back to win it or draw it. Or you have to hold on to a 1-0 lead so it gives you these challenges and it gives you star ratings of up to six stars and and it, it makes it that you can come back to it and there's 16 of these challenges and it makes it so you've got you've got the difficult difficulties but at the same time so many difficult different situations when you're jumping in and it very much feels like yeah again those those sort of arcadey games of the time you know you had you had similar you had similar bits like this on other sports games but this does definitely feels like more of an entertainment game now you've got obviously that's in single player but you've got um loads of other options in there as well with the basis of you've got four player up to four players which we know with the n64 is incredible uh and you can literally change that up to be all on one side split between the two or you could just go uh cpu versus cpu if you just wanted to watch the game absolutely muller itself and not actually input anything to it um so i think it's it, it but overall that gameplay i, I want to take you back again to that gameplay itself now it's it's so quick and i mean it's entertaining i, I can't emphasize that enough it is entertaining this is not built as a sole thing of oh you want to be your best team no this is a football game now i think that me growing up i grew up playing uh first of all so i i sort of went backwards it's weird i grew up playing the fifa games so at this time i didn't pick up iss uh, 64 would have been the first one i picked up uh, I didn't pick that up until later. Um, so if you're looking at my, how my football journey went, I went up through the FIFAs uh, during the Mega Drive reign. And then I went, continued on with that journey with the EA games, with the FIFA games. But mainly my main, uh, my top played game at this time would have been World Cup 98, which was the sort of sequel, I suppose. It's, it's, just, it's just an add-on really to FIFA 98. But I loved that game. Absolutely adored that game. So when I came and played ISS, I was expecting more of a simulator game. But then came and was hit by this basis of, oh no, this is a different, this is a different beast. This is a different beast. 
and then I went backwards. It was really, really strange that later on in life I found sensible soccer and, you know, I, I think that it, these games are just, as I said, for pure entertainment. Now, with, with FIFA, it was very much different, you know, after their terrible FIFA 64. This is, as I said, the first out, real outing of FIFA. Um, and there's not really much difference between this and, uh, let's say, the PlayStation 1 version, apart from this hasn't got loading times. Um, so it, it's very much... It, it's very much of a feel of, um, you know, what you're going to get across the board. And it's a really great quality game. Now, one thing that I loved about FIFA 98 was the element of being able to use club teams. Now, I'm a huge Southampton Football Club supporter. Now, it, when you used to go on holiday and things like that, you know, you never used to find another Southampton supporter. Or you'd still get, even though they were Premier League side, you'd still get people going, who? Who's Southampton? And that, that was quite sad for me because I was like, oh, there's no representation of Southampton anywhere apart from if Matthew Letizier does sneak into a computer game at some point. That was no representation of that. I remember that I was playing this Champions League game for the, oh, I think it was for the Mega Drive and Alan Shearer being on there with Blackburn. And obviously, Alan Shearer was pri previously at Southampton, the same with Tim Flowers. So to see them two in a computer game was quite cool. I always remember that being the first one. I think it was over my cousin, Sean and Jamie's. I just remember being, being quite in like, ooh, these are real names on here. Because the FIFA games when I was on, on the Mega Drive didn't have real names on. So there wasn't ever a real representation. So to actually have Saints as Saints with... Southampton's kit because there were Mega Drive versions where Southampton would play in Burgundy and stuff like that. But playing in Southampton's kit with Southampton's players, that was pretty cool to me. And it being on that 3D plane. And this is more simulation. So it makes you, you know, when, you, when you're playing, it lacks the speed of ISS, but it has that sort of tactical awareness where you're thinking of what your formation's gonna be who's gonna be in what position you know you had the moods in ios ss you know he had the moods, so there was more of it yeah again it's more that fun element of oh he's feeling a bit down no this is about conditioning fifa's about conditioning it's actually okay well he's played x amount of games do i need to bring him off do i who do i need to bring in as a transfer because you could do transfers on this you could you've got so many different goal gameplay modes because you've got 11 leagues and 189 international and club teams i mean you could i remember setting up leagues with you know southampton with ajax and ac milan and real madrid honestly that god i remember creating that league uh with the four teams to sort of just facing off against each other um and then in that, you could, as I said, transfer players across. And you would have a transfer budget. And you you couldn't just go and buy anybody for your club. You had to think tactical. And I, oh, just, I still play it now. And I still enjoy mucking about with it. And sort of creating a fantasy Southampton side. A bit of trickery. You usually sell someone off for way more than what they're worth. But, you know, it... it 
there's that element of creating a fantasy Southampton side of all my favourite 90s players. And I've done that so often. There's that real comeback ability, even now for with FIFA 98. Uh, you've got the other, as I said, you've got loads of gameplay modes in there. You've got the friendly, uh, which does include one mode that we're going to come back onto in a second. Uh, but you've got league, training, penalty shootout, and the road to the World Cup. I got it right that time. Now, the great thing about the road to the World Cup was that you, you didn't just go in there with an England squad that was decided for you or an Argentine squad that was decided for you, an Italian squad that was decided for you. No, you had your backup reserves as well, which meant that you almost had a pool of players. And this is the first game I really ever remember doing this. And it wasn't really until football managers later on that we, you would see this a continuation of, that you would have more control over who was going to be in your squad. So you could literally go in there and create... If you wanted to put Neil Shipley, put Neil Shipley in. Chris Saints and Crystal Palace fans out there. Uh, you know, you could you can move these players that you always wanted to see play for England or play more frequently for England and put them in this squad. Um, and then you can remove the ones that you don't particularly like. And after World Cup 98, uh, David Beckham, I, I remember removing him after he gave away. He obviously got that red card with Simeone where he just donkey kicked him back out. Uh, donkey kick, maybe phrase it a bit differently anyway so um no it, it's brilliant because it sort of makes you immerses you at that you have full control of this team now one of the things that we talk about comeback ability i think one of the things that was mentioned when i said that we were doing this game on the discord was this one element now it wasn't the first time we saw this uh match type we saw it on fifa 97 but this was in 3d at this time, Masters Football was all the rage with me. I loved Masters Football on a Sunday. So, what we're talking about is indoor football. So, it was four aside, uh, indoor football, three aside, four aside, three aside, four aside, I think. Uh, yeah, one goalkeeper, three out, out players. Um, and, I mean, the hours of entertainment. Like, I used to set up, like, indoor football tournaments and... At this point, where you've got four players, you have to think more tactically at this point. Do you go all-out attack? Do you have to have a holding midfielder in there? You know, you have to think more tactically. And because that little difference, it was so... Oh, it, I mean, like, I still put it in now. I think out of all the football games that I play the most, I would... I do play FIFA 98 and the World to the World Cup which we'll come on to at a later point, but that had the classic uh, World Cup modes in there, and that's literally my thing. I love replaying the uh, classic World Cups. Um, I, I just... Oh, World Cup final, sorry. I, I think... the Now, as I said, I, I prefer... So, if it's a hard one for me. Because if I was to turn around to you and tell you what style i prefer as an adult man it would be an iss 98 because it's more challenging because I, I mean fifa can be a bit on the easy it can be a bit easy um you have to turn the difficulty level up where with iss it gives you that difficulty level straight away ah, da, 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 da. 
But then you've got the gameplay modes, and I do prefer the get. Oh, this one's hard. Ah, sugar. Right, let's break this down. This is called gameplay. And I've already said I prefer the gameplay as an adult man on ISS 98. And I'm not doing this on purpose. I just... Oh, it's really hard. Because I really like the indoor football and the world to the world cup. Road to the world cup. Why can't I say that? I'm going to give the Jinjo too. I'm going to give the Jinjo to ISS 98. I know some of you will be screaming at me now. I prefer the modes and obviously having that element of that you've got the club football as well and yeah but I can't take it away what is the better football game to play fundamentally forget about the modes forget about the number of clubs forget about anything like that which one has the best gameplay ISS 98 so one all promise doctors on purpose um, let's go on to sound and graphics. So in a uh, football game, it's really, 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 really important that you at least try to immerse someone into believing that they're on the pitch. They're believe sorry, sorry, hang on. Fast. You're believing that they're there and they're that they're, they're actually involved with the oh goal goal he scored uh, involved with the play. Now with this, I think both games. So ISS ninety eight, um, the music. So you had the music in there. We're going to the music first. We've got to get, we'll get off the pitch. Hang on, let's get off the pitch. There we go. So you had the music in there first. So Japanese, so it's very that sort of Japanese arcade feel. You, you could feel with the music starting off, it could easily be sat next to Virtual Cop uh, in, uh, in a cabinet. Um, also, the sort of how it looked, it was more bright colours. It was more that sort of... It's very much not that cartoony, but it, it felt like a computer game. We've already said this, that FIFA's more the simulation, Yeah. So you had that more feel of that this is a computer game. This is entertainment. And the, you know, the N64 is famous for this. The, 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 the players were very polygony. Polygony? We're going to say polygony. Polygnog. Polygnogal. Polygnog. They had loads of polygons. Um, and you, you could customize your players. And, you know, you'd spend hours customizing your, your whole squads to... The correct, uh, the correct names and making sure that no one touched that uh, that uh, controller pack um, and deleted it off. Um, but they very much look the same. There's not much, too much real customization that you can do with your player. You know, you can you can give them a ponytail. You can give them one of those lovely uh, headbands to make it look like you are uh, Nedved from uh, Real Madrid. But Nedved definitely play for Juve. Um, anyway, but no, and, and it made you feel like that. Now, one of the most important things is that these 3D games were the first time that we really saw commentary come over to the console. 
Now, this was this ISS was actually um, had the legendary commentator, which is Co which was Tony Kuba. Now, Tony Kuba, you might recognise his voice from Dancing on Ice or you know loads of TV shows like that. But he he very much was uh, into his commentary beforehand with the old football. Um, he, he's br delivery's brilliant. But the problem with Tony isn't him what he did. And Tony left us, by the way, back in 2008. He, it wasn't what he did. It was, it was the game itself of making, making Tony just randomly say things in the wrong places. And that actually happened to me. It was on the center circle. And basically, it was a foul. And it was sort of like, well, is that a penalty? No, Tony! That's not a penalty! Um, <laughs> so it was, it was just, yeah, it is just a bit of a shame, really. Um, that, yeah, the, the game itself just went a bit AWOL occasionally to what Tony was saying to what was happening. Now, FIFA had, uh, Des Lynam as their commentator. Now, I thought it was actually John Motson, but it wasn't. It was Des Lynam because, um, <laughs> John Motson did the World Cup game. So in my head, I started writing all these notes for Des, as for Des Lynam. Sorry, for John Motson. And it wasn't John Motson. It was Des Lynam. Uh, obviously famous for doing... Uh, when, if you didn't, can't remember, in the late 90s, early noughties, uh, actually BBC lost the rights to show the highlights of the Premier League. And it went across to uh, ITV for the Premier League. And... He was the main host on that, but very, very much known in the world of hosting, as well as TV shows such as uh, Question of Sport and, you know, lo loads of bits and pieces. So good old Des. And and to be honest, it does sound a bit more like an actual football game with FIFA. Is that it, when, when these sort of commentators are going off, when Des is going off on bits, it is happening at the right times. Even though he is a one-man booth, and I know that being a one-man booth is hard enough to keep things interesting. Um, even though he is a one-man booth, he's he sort of just there to really keep the narrative going. So, music. Uh, now, with the basis of uh, the N64 version, they were very much shortened down tracks. Because we all know, cart space. Um, but... You had music from Busy Childs, uh, Hugger Bear, uh, Keep Hope Alive, More, Now Is The Time, and... <laughs> My favourite band of all time! It's Blur! Yes! Blur! As I put at the beginning, you've already heard it. It's like, <laughs> it's not, not news to you. This is song two. Song two because supposedly it took two minutes to write and <laughs> it's two minutes long. And it's the second track on the album titled Blur. It's just all the twos. It's just all the twos. This is song two. Now, Blur, I, I, I will once at some point devote a whole podcast to Blur. One day, I'll do a mini history of Blur. <laughs> Just go through every album. 
<laughs> but originally set up in the late 90s as a band called Seymour. Uh, these guys went on to sign for Food Records, changed their name to Blur, had a different first good album with the song There, There's No Other Way that sort of built chart success, but then slumped back down with their best album, funnily enough. Uh, Modern Life is Rubbish and uh, was they had to go into the recording studio and create a difficult third album which ended up being the iconic Park Life. And what, how we're finding it now is that after Park Life, they went a bit too pop uh, with The Great Escape, which had songs down there like Country House. And now we're on the second best blow, uh, depending on what day of the month it is. Uh, there's two, my three top blur albums are uh great escape part life and uh blur um blur is up there and this song is everywhere everyone knows it it's it doesn't go without saying it is it's a really good song and it's it's a really weird thing actually because they went back and revisited so the music video for it if you've never seen it it's sort of like things getting blown away and thrown up against things and that is actually the set of a uh, a single that came out. It wasn't ever on an album. It's a song called Pop Scene. Um, that is exactly the same setting as Pop Scene as well. So it's like, oh. So it's almost like blowing away what they were. And to be honest, Blur did. They very much went down a very more mel- melodic route after this album. Um, and unfortunately saw the uh, Graham Coxon leave the band in 2002. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he didn't come back then until 2009 uh, for their reunion tour. They've had other albums out. They had an album out in 2015 uh, with the Magic Whip. Um, but they never broke up. This is the major thing with uh, Blur. They never broke up. They are still technically together, but they're doing different things. So obviously you've got Graham and Damon who go off and do the music bits. You've got Alex who uh, makes cheese and <laughs> flies planes. And then you've got Mr. David Rountree, who is a uh, who's a member of... I don't think he's a member of Parliament, but he's definitely a member of the Labour Party. Um, so, yeah, they all went off and did their own things, really. Um, and But for an iconic song, you know, you've got those dance tracks, as we just listed before, but the opening of this, and I think FIFA's are always remembered for their music. And I think very much the case of that as soon as I said this, uh, people will either sing at me Chawamba Wamba or this. And I know Chawamba Wamba was uh, Woke Up 98, not this. Um, uh, going back to the game itself, though, how it looked. Um, I mean, like that immersion side. Go away from the music, the actual sound effects and that immersion side. It's so much better in FIFA. I mean, like you're getting... Uh, air horns like the tempo like the excitement of the crowd builds up as you get close to goal that i mean it's impeccable perfect how they celebrate in the way of that the when it hits the back of the net um i mean it's got air horns in there yeah i i mean it makes you feel like as i said it's a simulation game and even the drizzle of the rain and You've got accurate stadiums and you've got you can customize everything from the teams itself. Um I mean 
and you've got the animations when goals go in. I, I even uh, player getting kicked in the face as uh, we, as uh, yeah, so literally the cameraman gets kicked in the face by the goalkeeper. Um, I mean, yeah, that that was on a stream once. I always remember that. Yeah, it's just such a, it's such an immersion. This game, as as, as we were saying, um, that it, this is a simulation. It is a simulation, but it's an immersion. So, I'm going to give FIFA the Jinjo for sound and graphics. <laughs> this all comes down to what you lot thought and what the journalists thought. So let's go on to what the journalists thought. So like the football at the time, these football games and, you know, at the end of the day, it's really hard to critique either of these games. They're iconic. And even at the time, you could see the love and you could feel the love for both games in what the scores were and uh, what the journalists said about them and also what you guys remember of them. Now, both games... I <laughs> Go and have a look to see how much each of these games sold. It's very rare that I'm going to be able to say this. But ISS 98 sold 500... 580,000 copies and FIFA 98 Road to the World Cup sold 580,000 copies. They sold the same amount. Now in my head I don't know why but that number doesn't seem high enough because I mean both of these games, uh, the ISS I even looked at ISS 64 ISS 64 which we will come to at some point um, it, it sold roughly about the same amount. Same with ISS uh, 2000. Same with uh, FIFA 99. You know, the, all football games stayed at about that that number. And I was like, why though? And you, I always say that, you know, you have the influence of uh, Japan and America. Yeah, so mainly we say about not appearing on the Japanese market. But I think this may be a thing of not being really it's not really a u.s market thing is it it's a south american market and it's a european market obviously japan likes its football but it's it's not the dual end all of their gaming experience or their viewing experience so it's very much a european and a south american and central american bits and pieces so it's it, i'm sort of surprised but i'm sort of not because this game i mean like, this game was in every home. Both of these games. Like, I knew friends with both of them and or one of them, you know. Everyone, even if you weren't really a football fan, you had one of these games. And also, it was one of those games as well that when a FIFA 98 or an ISS 2000 comes out, that then outdates the previous model. So that means that they were easy and they were cheap to pick up. Like, I, I remember having 98. Uh, I, I borrowed 99 off a friend, FIFA 99. I had I had World Cup 98, and then I had uh, FIFA 98. And I had ISS um, uh, 98. But I never had ISS 64. I never had... Um, I, I remember borrowing it off of someone. Um, I never had 2000, and I never had 99. It was almost like I didn't need the updated players, and... To be honest, you know, they, they, if there was a 2000, maybe I would have got it. But 
by that time it moved away from the N64 football games. Um, we're talking about obviously there was an ISS 2000, but I'm talking about the FIFA range. So he's a bit of a weird one, and we will come on, don't worry, we will come back to revisit. Um, we will have a battle for Jinjos between FIFA 64 and ISS 64, and we will have a battle for Jinjos between ISS 2000 and FIFA 99. We will have those battles because they need to be decided, they need to be discussed about. I have done this in a bit of a roundabout way that I'm doing the central ones first because I think these are the best. And if not, we're going to be constantly going, well, they're the best ones, but we can't talk about them yet. These are the pinnacle of both of these games. To be honest, yeah, they are the pinnacle. They are the pinnacle. There are differences between ISS 2000 and uh, FIFA 99. But for me, these are the two pinnacle games of the football franchises on, the, uh, on this generation of console. Now, what did the critics think so let's start with iss 98 international superstar soccer 98 replaces iss 64 as my all-time favorite soccer game while world cup beats it in presentation graphics and sound iss plays just like a good soccer game should the control is impeccable the ai is smart and everything feels just right well not everything i think it's about time konami realized that a soccer game isn't completely complete without an official license a picture of uh valderama and free arenas is just not the same as having the real teams and players if you already own iss 64 see if you find a trade-in deal to get your hands on the new one Otherwise, the amount of additions is not quite enough to warrant a purchase of the sequel. So we'll go into the score in a minute of what they gave ISS 98. And you've got to remember as well that ISS 98 did come out after FIFA 98. So FIFA 98 is a good soccer game with three unfortunate problems. Shoddy frame rates, some AI glitches, and Konami's ISS 64. The awesome sound, multiplayer game, sorry, multiplayer gameplay, and FIFA license make FIFA 98 a good buy for soccer enthusiasts. But only if you already uh, only if you already own ISS 64. Otherwise, especially st sticklers for a steady frame rate and fast-paced sports will definitely want to rent it first. But whatever you do, hook it up to a surround system and remind your three best buddies to stop by with their controllers. So here we go. What did they score? So FIFA 98, Road to the World Cup, scored 7.7. .7. Now remember that because ISS 1998 scored a massive 9.1. Now, 
I thought that was a bit big, a jump. And I sort of went back and looked and my love, even though I've been playing FIFA 98, my love of World Cup 98 may have may have tainted that love. <laughs> I remember that game more fondly or playing that game. I think it's playing better than it is because actually FIFA 98, well, World Cup 98 is definitely FIFA 98 with all of the problems trimmed out of it. Because <laughs> FIFA 98, so World Cup 98 scored a much closer 8.8. .8. So you can see it's getting there. But, and then, yeah, we will go into 99 later. But it's, yeah, may, maybe my memories are a bit off of it and uh, playing it. As I said, I said gameplay, I, I do prefer ISS. So maybe it is. Maybe it is right. As I said, I always remember back better than I did. And I was playing it going, but the gameplay is definitely not what I remember it. So let's go to what you thought. So it is, in fact, the lowest um, vote that I've had since doing this. And I think basically that comes down to if you're a football fan, you have an opinion. And if you don't, then you, you won't, will you? Um, but don't worry, it's not holding anything against it. It's still a healthy amount of looming uh, votes. But at the same time, I think, it, yeah, it does sort of remind us that these games are very much built for, you know, if you are a football fan, you will have fond memories. If you're not a football fan, it might have been one of those games you are forced to play by friends. So, what did you guys think? James Station 64, yet again, if you want to know about uh, FIFA 64 and its problems, then go and check out his lovely video on YouTube. Uh, he said that I love both, but gotta be FIFA 98. ISS was prettier and a draw for gameplay, but ridiculous amount of content in FIFA 98 does it for me, especially indoor football. <laughs> indoor football for the win. Anyway, what did you guys think though? So, winning, because it's a draw at the moment. If you didn't know at the moment, it's two all at the moment. So winning, not just the last Jinjo, but also this episode of Battle for Jinjos. With a score of 63% versus 38%. The winner is International Superstar Soccer 1998. There we go. See, to be honest, no matter what one... They're both winners. I love that. It's lovely to look back. And it, I, I, do you know what? I'm just thinking to myself, maybe I should have combined World Cup 98 in that as well. But I, I think that World Cup 98 is the spruced up version of 90, uh, FIFA 98. I don't think... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I chose the wrong game to go up against it. But I don't think people have as fond a memories of World Cup 98. Let me know. Let me know if you did on the old Twitter at N64Life Podcast. So we come on to what could possibly be the next show, but definitely our next battle for Jinjos. Now, it was it was going to be two games, which I have decided to postpone because of real life events. Um, I have postponed that one, uh, which is annoying because all the 
all of it's written up. But as I said, I, I put my head down yesterday and I've got another battle for Jinjos written up for two weeks' time. And that's between these two games. When about now it's time to rock with the big in the back. Bum bum. When about now it's time to rock with the big in the back. Bum bum. Bum to the bum to the bum to the bass. Bum to the bum to the bum bum. to the bum to the bum to the bass. Bum to the bum to the bum bum. Bum to the bum to the bum to the bass. Bum to the bum to the bum bum. Bum to the bum to the bum to the bass. Bum to the bum to the bum bum. Bum to the bum to the bum bum bum. Is going to be facing off against one of the most asked for games on this podcast or stream. Glover. I t- I'm gonna upset some people here, aren't I? Gonna okay, gonna keep it to the next podcast, but I might well be upsetting a lot of you with uh, this with this one. I think I might be upsetting some of you, but check it out in a couple weeks' time. If you aren't already subscribed, then make sure you do go and leave a little review. If you're on Apple uh, Podcasts or Acast or wherever you listen to this podcast, there, there should be a way of reviewing it. Go and hit the review. Um, if not, go and tweet about the show. At the end, end of the day, the more people that get to listen to this, the more fun I have. And uh, yeah, the, the the more fun, hopefully, you will have, because I'm having more fun. I don't know where I'm going to go with this. Anyway, uh, if you wanted to come and catch me in real life time, then we've got the Discord channel. Uh, the It's in the description of the notes below, as well as uh, coming to follow me on the old Twitter, N64Life Podcast, or Instagram, N64Life Podcast, as well as being able to send me a little email, N64Life Podcast at gmail.com. But remember, every Every Friday, every Sunday, 8.30 till 11, we will be having lots of fun. Lots of fun. And as I said, we've got Ogre Battle 64 coming up every Sunday. So come and get involved. Come and join in the fun. Um, It's a lovely community we have. Um, Really, really love every single one of you. You're all awesome. But I shall see you two weeks' time, either for the Battle for Jinjos or another podcast. You have to wait and see, won't you? You have to wait and see. But either way, I shall catch you all very, very soon. Number three, a one-two. He touches it on. Oh, there's some rough play. Red card, and rightly so. He's looking for an opening. Here's a chance. Great header. Goal! He scored with a header. International Superstar Soccer 98 on Nintendo 64. It's more than just a game.